0: Today's story starts when I was in New Delhi before Christmas and I was staying at a nice hotel where they gave me the daily newspaper, the Delhi Times, and in that, just before Christmas, there was a big spread of Nahandra Modi, the Prime Minister of India, opening up a new temple complex in Varanasi. And it was seen as a pretty big deal that he had staked a lot of his reputation on this new temple. Though, in fact, it's a sort of renovated temple. They'd cleared a lot of the old, winding, narrow streets and shops, made big, wide roads, and basically revamped the whole temple. And it was something that... Um, Modi stake part of his legacy on, and Varanasi is the constituency of Modi, so it's a very big deal for him. And of course, he is a prime minister who gets a lot of his credibility from um, Hinduism and from being a strong proponent of the faith. So, when it came to my time in Varanasi, one place that I was really keen to visit was the Sri. Kashi Vashwanath temple and I've tried to say it about 20 times before this and I still keep on making mistakes which is why I had to say that quite slowly so after a few days in Varanasi I re-emerged with a broken nose uh, to wander the streets and find the Shri kashi Vashwanathi no Vashwanath temple and um, I ...went up these widened streets that were still crammed with people... ...and there were chai stools, there were places selling samosas and couturis... ...and scarves and saris and uh, marigold flowers and water bottles... ...and pictures of icons and milk and all sorts of random things. And the streets were filled with motorbikes and with people... And I was constantly trying to protect my nose and stay safe and dodging everyone. But one thing that struck me as completely bizarre was I saw a dog sleeping in the middle of the road, undisturbed, and everyone, no matter if it was a pedestrian or a motorcycle or a car, moved round this sleeping dog. So India is a place that I still have yet to understand, that you can be a pedestrian and get smashed by a motorbike or you can be a dog and be sleeping and be totally fine anyway so I find the temple and I see there are lots of militarized police around it you know they've got assault rifles and I try to go in and they say no no you can't go in and I said, well, why not? And they say, well, you've got to go to this place over here. And they get some guy to come down and show me to the tourist center. Uh, because being being a tourist, I go to the tourist center. And at the desk there, they said, uh, well, if you want to see the Sri Kashi Vashwanath Temple, uh, you're going to need to pay 600 rupees and uh, we need a copy of your passport. And I had neither. So that cut that visit short quite successfully. A couple of days later, I came back and I was a bit better prepared. I had my passport. I had 600 rupees, which felt like quite a lot. 600 rupees could get you a meal for three, I reckon, in India. So it's a significant amount of money. It's six pounds, um, but that's a significant amount of money in India. So I go to the desk and I say, look, every other temple I've been to, it's free. You know, it's a place of worship. Why do I have to pay here?" and they said well you've got to have a guide and um you can't you can't go in the queue that all the indians go in you've got to go in this special way and because the previous time I tried to go in one of the back street alleys and wind my way through and I said, no, you can't enter here and I said well why not and they just they they didn't have a response so i wasn't allowed to go in with Every, all the Indian people uh, through one of the other entrances I needed to go through the, the tourist entrance at the front and I eventually acquiesced I'd made myself a bit of a nuisance if anyone can imagine and then they asked me for my passport they needed a photocopy and I was slightly disquieted to see that they were going for my Azerbaijan visa and I said guys that, you you don't want that page and then they found in my passport my Pakistan e-visa and they tried to go for that. And I was like, you definitely do not want to make a copy of that one. So they got eventually my Indian visa. And then they needed to know which hotel I was staying in, in Varanasi. And I said to them, look, it's the, I don't know why you need to know, but it's the Via Varanasi. I said, well, what is it? I said, it's the Via Varanasi. Varanasi. The the what? The what? The Via Varanasi. This goes on for another three or four times, and in the end they give up, and I give up, and I think, well, what was that for? And the guide comes, and he doesn't speak almost a word of English. He teaches Sanskrit at the local university. Um, But he takes me through to the next room, and he says, look, before, he doesn't say look before you go in, but this is, you know, understood through the context of the situation. And he says, look, uh, you, you can't take your laptop with you. You've got to put it in this locker. And I say, OK, fine. Put the laptop in the locker and my bag. And he says, well, and you also can't take your phone. And I was like, oh, I was hoping to take some photographs, but I guess not. And he looks at my wrist. He says, that watch can't come either. I said, well, what's, what's wrong with the watch? I've got a Garmin sports watch on. Said, it's a security risk. I was like, are you sure? This is just a watch, mate. he wasn't having any of it. So before I was allowed in the temple, I was pretty thoroughly denuded of all electronic devices, including my headphones as well, because they're pretty um, dangerous. And uh, we walk back up the street to the front of the temple, or the gates to the temple. And there's a big orange peach-coloured gates with these wooden doors that are big enough that an elephant could walk through quite happily. And we go past these armed guards, the armed police, and we go through these big wooden doors, and in front of me is a mosque. And surrounding the mosque are these steel poles making a palisade fence, about five metres high, ringing the whole mosque. And there are about four watchtowers there are security guys patrolling the grounds to on the perimeter of the the the, this fence for this mosque and it's the it's the most bizarre sight because amidst all this new concrete this fresh orange peach colored paint there is this white mosque which has got cracks it's stained it's no longer white it's um needs a lot of paint and i i said to my guide um, what? Why is why is there a fence there? And he just sort of shook his head, and I said, "Can we go in?" And he said, "No." I said, "Why?" And he just shook his head again, and then I asked, "Well, why why are there guards round it?" And he just shook his head. So clearly, I wasn't to know about the mosque. And we were very quickly, well, I was very quickly taken past the mosque into this football-sized plaza area, which is the open-air antechamber to the temple itself. It had um, sort of terracotta-coloured tiles on the floor. It was this big, wide, open space. At the far end, there were these glass panes that behind which I could see what looked like it would be a conference room in future, but it had just been uh, just been open, there were finished, there were no chairs, there were no tables, but it looked like the sort of place you could hold a meeting. Anyway, we didn't go in that direction, we took off our shoes and we went into the temple. And this was the bit that I had come for, this bit I was really looking forward to. It was clean, it was wide, it was open, the... Stone or concrete patterns on the on the wall. You know that was very very pretty. And there were two shrines in the centre. My guide takes me up to one of these shrines, and there's this long queue of Indians waiting to um, give give an offering at the shrine. And my guide ushers me to the front of the queue, plonks me right at the front, and uh, just before me there's this lady who's got this silver cup and it's got some milk in it and the guy the, the priest the Brahmin priest sort of grabs this cup off her chucks the contents in this basin and then thrusts the cup back daubs her head with um, the, the red spot which I should know the name of but I do not and then she walks off and then I'm sort of shown the, the the statues in the center there's a huge amount of um, milk draining into the sort of center area and there's one of the the Hindu deities. And very quickly, I'm, I'm ushered away to another part of the temple where there is a statue of Shiva. And Shiva takes very many forms, probably millions of forms, but certainly tens or hundreds. And one of the most common ones, though, is it kind of it looks like a, an oil lamp, but sort of with the top bit flattened. And it's a symbol of fertility. And on this oil lamp-like shape, so I like to think of it, were a few coils of marigold flowers which you see all over the place in, in India and particularly in the temples. And my guide picked up two of these uh, circlets, bracelets, necklaces of marigold flowers and put them over my head. So clearly they weren't really for Shiva after all, and they were just as good around my neck as for Shiva. Um, and then he wiped his... Sort of got his hand on the, the top of this oil lamp-like structure, and there was sandalwood paste on there. So he got a good handful of that and just wiped it across my forehead. And with that, we were done. My guy said, finish, finish. And I said, well, we've... I think we've only been here for 10 minutes. I don't quite know. I don't have my watch, but it can't be very long. He was like, oh, that's it. And he pointed out some of the shrines just around the, the sides. You know, there's this god. He was just like Vishnu, Krishna. And I was like, oh, that's that's quite informative. And he was very keen that we then left. On my way out, I I saw in one corner a pillbox for more armed police who were in flip-flops, which was quite an interesting look, socks and flip-flops. And as we went back out the the gate to the temple, I saw on my left, there was this big money-changing room. When I say money-changing, it was a um, money-collecting room, like piles and piles of coins and notes. And it was a very bizarre sight to have that so on show. I mean, I guess it's reasonable that a lot of people um, will, will give to the... Um, to the temple and give an offering. Uh, But it was very odd just to see this uh, money-collecting or money-counting den. It was quite a dark room, um, which was quite bizarre. So my guide was very keen to get me back to the Tourist Information Centre. And uh, there he gave me uh, a, a goodbye. I got my laptop and my phone and my watch back. Not much time had passed. And it left me with a, a, it's a very um, odd sort of set of sensations. It was a it had been a bizarre experience that this new temple complex that was supposed to make worshipping and pilgrimage and religious rites sort of much more easy and accessible seemed, at least from my very, very limited outside perspective, to have sort of stripped away the religion and the significance almost entirely and turned it, at least for a foreigner, into a sort of very superficial tourist experience. Now, it had only just opened. It had been open for one or two weeks. Uh, Officially, there was an opening ceremony um, back in December, and then it had been open to the public for one or two weeks, so maybe they're still finding their stride. But it was a very, very odd experience to be whisked around a temple, past a mosque that was glossed over and apparently almost didn't exist, um, and then back to the tourist information centre. It certainly gave me a little bit of... um, pause for thought, I suppose. It wasn't quite what I expected in, in any sense, and it made me wonder what was so important about the project and what direction Modi wants to take the country. So on that slightly sobering note, I um I wandered back to the Ghats, the steps that lead down to the River Ganges, and I, I, I walked back. And I watched games of cricket happening in sort of tiny little slithers of flat ground and kites whizzing across the air and little boys trying to cut the strings of other kites whilst they're airborne and that seemed to be to me the spirit of Varanasi